you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the League Podcast can use verisimilitude in a sentence. Welcome to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansen. I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you, buddy? Eight days, Mark. Eight days away from the draft. It's coming. I think they're not going to push it back any further, so I'm pretty sure... Eight days away we are now. What if there's another show at Radio City? Oh, that's true. <laughs> Some sort of dancing Santas or something. It was actually, I think, dancing <laughs> Easter bunnies. The whole reason we're told is that the the draft had to be pushed into May because of a scheduling conflict at New York's Radio City Music Hall. It was their first. As a child, I went to several times. I went to the Christmas Spectacular at Radio City Music Hall, which was, for a boy, you know, a pretty tough thing to sit through for an hour and a half but the, there was the rockets at the end and your dad was into that so you were a little like why like what's going on with this they tried to capitalize on the popularity of the christmas spectacular by hosting an <laughs> easter spectacular for the first time ever in 2014 uh canceled but due to lack of interest and that's why this draft is in may that is up there with the time as a youth when i was supposed to go to uh ringling barnum and brothers circus whatever it's called yeah. Could Ringling not, Brothers. as a child, you could not drum up a loftier event right in the heart of the city. Mm. John Lennon shot. All the roads shut down. Oh, you are old. Could Jeez. not go in. That was December I was, 1980. Right. I was born in 73, so I was oh, seven years old. Hmm. That's kind of grim. Just shame John life, Lennon's death ruined your circus. Life? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> well, I'm not angling it that way. That, it sounds very... I also, I want to, since you brought up the circus, I want to say I was ahead of the curve uh, in being afraid of clowns. I feared those (laughs) monsters before uh, Stephen King's It, before Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I don't buy into this whole afraid of clowns thing. Nobody was ever afraid of clowns until the Seinfeld episode, and then everyone was afraid of clowns. I don't even know what episode (laughs) you're referring to, Mike Florio. (laughs) Uh, I've, I've always had a healthy fear of clowns ever since I saw... One of the most classic horror movies when I was about eight or nine years old, Killer Clowns from Outer yes. Space. Oh. 
Oh, that's what it, that was me. Actually, that's how I got scared of clowns. By the way, Poltergeist. had a sleepover. Couldn't now, even watch it. You have, you, none of you have seen Poltergeist. No. Ah. I don't watch scary. Well, movies. No. So there is a like, a critical scene early on where a clown suggests that this film is about to go off the rails. Just like just the like, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch scary movies for the same reason I don't go on roller coasters. Why is that? Why? Well, I give yourself a bad feeling on purpose. You oh. are so dogmatic. <laughs> Why not just? Cross the boundaries. Live, Wes. Life is full of enough bad feelings. Why impose them on myself? <laughs> By the way, purpose. I'm kind of in with you. Like things like the um, torture porn type movies, like what Jigsaw and Saw and all those type torture of things. Torture porn. Yeah, that. Well, that's a term. Oh, in the industry. I'm with you on roller coasters, hundred percent. Roller coasters, I'm all in on. I mean, it's the exhilaration that comes with the fear. It's uh, it's preying on the human condition. Get my jollies elsewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get them right here. How about we talk some football? Right. The NFL draft, as as we've discussed, eight days away. We're going to talk about what are we going to get into today? We're going to talk about the news surrounding the NFL <laughs> heading toward the draft. That makes sense. That's logical. Uh, we're also going to get into some, you know, there's some a lot of talk, obviously, about where teams are, what teams are going to do. Journalists are asking different general managers and coaches about the intentions as these teams are entering the draft. And the, the, you have to answer them, but how, are, how these coaches and general managers are answer, answering these questions, we're going to delve into that a little bit, whether we buy into it or not. Um, the gold standard behind the glass, how are you? Doing smashing. Thank you. Wow. You really are from England, I wanted essentially. to throw it in for the international listeners. Yes, and people love that. Your, your fear of clowns, one to ten. Pretty low on the list, actually. I'd say three. All right. We'll, we'll get a uh, VHS cassette of killer clowns from outer space and, and see how you feel dude, after the that. clockwork orange thing I would, with my eyes oh wow no see the killer clowns from outer space though was a little kind of tongue-in-cheek horror whereas it if you get if you were a 10 year old kid that saw mm. it that messed you up i remember not being able to sleep that night it's a terrible tv movie by the way starring john ritter but it has it was like an eight-part series it has it? cultural yeah. cachet because of um what is his name the english actor that played him uh, Cultural cachet. It does. It does. Pennywise was the clown played by some actor. It's going to kill me that I can't think of. So anyway, you, you said known. Less. You said the terms known in the industry and cultural cachet in the last couple of minutes. Got the, gold the actor. The actor's Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Thank you very much. From uh, hold on. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. Is that what you were going to say? Tim Curry no? was the guy from uh, what's what's the really bad nineteen seven Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yes. Yeah, mm. Doctor Frankenfurter. God, wow, that's, that's the, the worst movie standard. ever. All right, Man of Steel is the worst movie ever, but Rocky Horror Picture Show is like right there with Gold it. Standard doing some midnight showings, I would imagine, of that Qu- Quick film? Wikipedia, actually. Oh, very good. The illusion. All right, th- let's do some news, Gold Standard. Let's do it. All right, so there's a lot of speculation about Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, where he can go in the draft. We actually talked about it at length on Monday's podcast about you know, the possibility that maybe he even drifts into the middle of the first round where the Cowboys and Jerry Jones would potentially be tempted. Um, we have a report here from College Football 24-7 on our own site that Johnny Football is unlikely to fall out of the top ten, several teams say. This reporting is from Ian Rappaport, who said on Total Access, from everyone I'm talking to, including several teams in the top ten, everyone would be surprised if he actually does fall out of the top ten. Where would he go? He could go to the Bucks at 7, he could go to the Vikings at 8. No one wants to rule out the Jaguars at 3 or the Browns at 4. That's how much love this guy gets. So I guess if we're going to buy into that, all this talk about 
Manziel drifting into the late first round is kind of insane. John McClain just said that he thinks that the number one pick is between Manziel and Clowney. That is the Houston Chronicles, John and he McClain. is held to that Manziel name in that would spot you, for weeks Would anybody weeks be surprised months? if Manziel went number one or number five or number ten? I think we'd be surprised if he goes low. Yeah. Like way low in the draft. Right. I, yeah, I, I had a conversation today, and people were saying, well, they're going to either take Clowney or they'll trade out of the spot. And it was just said as this factual statement that there's no way they could take Sammy Watkins and there's no way they could take one of the tackles. There's zero per chance, zero percent chance. But we don't know that. We don't know anything. Stop. It, more surprising things happen every year. There wasn't a single person saying that Mario Williams was going to be the number one pick at this point of that draft. And I think that trading out is a lot harder than people think. It's not something you just do because you want to. It's easier now because of the pay structure of these rookies, but you're right. It's like someone's going to have to want what they have to give up picks-wise to get that player at number one. And that's why Dan's bold prediction is not going to come true because 16 is a long way down, and maybe it's easier to trade up, but it's not easy for the Cowboys considering all their needs. They're not going to be able to move up from 16 to a position where I think they could take one of the top Here, real quick, though, this is why Ian's report makes sense. By the way, Mark has so much paperwork in front of him, including <laughs> a piece of paper <laughs> that he printed up that has the draft order. You're the wow. most prepared well, co-host I've ever seen. Like you're doing your story taxes over specifically, there. <laughs> it's a good thing I don't. The difference between Sessler and Greg. Greg has some type of date book open. I don't even think it's podcast related. <laughs> it's not. And Sessler has an entire ream of paper filled with information. Greg, just, that is concerning. That that is a blank date book. Not only that, it's, it's from 2013. Is that a journal? <laughs> it's just a piece. I like to have a scrap piece of paper if I want to write anything down. So it okay. doesn't matter what All right. It is. Sorry, All right, Mark. Go ahead. No, no, no. But just you look at the quarterback needy teams potentially. Houston. St. Louis has been talked about being in the mix. Uh. They're, tr- they're working out Johnny football today. Jacksonville, Go. Cleveland, Oakland, Tampa, Minnesota, <laughs> Buffalo. That's Buffalo, even I am not sold, does not take a quarterback. If the one they quietly aren't telling us they like is sitting there, that's everyone but two teams. And Titans I'd be, is another one. Well, that's further down the list. Even We're talking down. about top ten. I mean, I'd be shocked if Johnny football goes past ten. So, Mark, it's too exciting. In, in, in summation... I know we've seen, I think Evan Silva of uh, Roto World had a mock that had the, the Browns getting a wide receiver at four and then getting Johnny Football at the end of the first round. Not happening. None of that's happening. No. And you know how I feel, Mark, about Johnny Football and the Cleveland Browns. If you want him, you've got to go get him at I think four. there's too many, and I don't, I'm not saying that owners jump in and cause waves here, but there's too many owners that know how much this would mean for your franchise to bring a guy like Johnny Football in. Suddenly you're on – the radar for television. You got a jersey that shoots through the roof. It can change your organization if he works out. Totally agree that that's a factor. I don't know if it's a deciding factor, a but factor. owners will be heard on this issue. All right, moving on. Let's stick with quarterbacks. AJ McCarron, the Alabama quarterback who had a uh, great deal of success at the college level, uh, believes that you know a lot of he's been tagged as a guy that could end up being a mid-round, second to fourth-round type pick. But uh, he told the Paul Feinbaum radio show, one of Mark's favorites, uh, McCarron was told by NFL executives, according to McCarron, they felt like I could go anywhere from 16 to 35. I believe that, too. At the same time, I don't have my hopes set on anything. Whatever happens, happens. It's a blessing for me to even be in this situation. So 
number 16, by the way, is the Dallas Cowboys, which is interesting that um, he's being told that that could be where he begins his potential ascent <laughs> to the NFL. The Cowboys. You're still on them drafting a quarterback. All I said was that the Cowboys have the 16th pick. Huh. So somebody's that, telling him. This does help support Dan's uh, cockamamie oh, yeah. theory. <laughs> I trust Feinbaum to come up with... <laughs> You know, that the information, well, no, listen, listen, whenever he speaks to someone, news is generated, and that's what happened right here. The funny thing is, he is a very well-known uh, radio guy. He really I is. I know who he is. I okay, listen to him all the time. Whenever I have a free that's... moment, I'm going to go back and look to the archives and just click on something. I mean, we don't, uh, we don't think that A.J. McCarron is going to somehow sneak into the first round, do we? I don't, but I don't really... Well, what about New England way at the bottom? I think New England is a what? sneaky team to take a quarterback. Yes, I do. I don't think that or I think they'll take a quarterback, but I don't think it'll be that early. They still have Tom Brady as their starter for a minimum of two years just because of the money. Well, Someday, according your to- little <laughs> idyllic youth into adulthood dream of chasing the Patriots as a fan right. is going to end, Greg. Well, I, I forgot, Mark, you believe that Tom Brady will not even be on the Patriots to start I this season. I said a Patriots quarterback. You intimated that it was Tom sure Brady. Sure I did, but I, what I said was <laughs> a Patriots quarterback, and I don't think that Ryan Mallett will be now at this point, especially when they draft a quarterback high. Mm. And Mallett's contract's running out. Different team by September. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it would be a shock. <laughs> to answer your question, Dan, I don't think it would be that big a shock if McCarron is a first-round pick or if Derek Carr is, or if Mettenberger, if one of these guys sort of sneaks up and gets to the back of the first round. I'd be shocked. Two things about McCarron that would spook me as a GM. First of all, he's one of those guys that has letters, uh, initials for his first name, but doesn't use punctuation, which to me is kind of a red flag. E.J. Manuel. Yeah. Did not work with him. And then his tattoo situation is just bizarre for a clean-cut gentleman to then take off his shirt at some lake in uh, Texas and then be covered and completely tatted up. Look it up if you haven't seen it before. It's really troubling. I don't know. <laughs> when did Dan turn into some kind <laughs> of conservative He's colu- a thug, I tell you. Columnist from yeah. AOL <laughs> Fan House or something. When Isn't that, that my rule? <laughs> he can't be trusted. He's a thug. That's, I don't feel that way. <laughs> and what- I just find it <laughs> off-putting. Uh, that he is so clean cut. It's just a, kind of a strange sight. I'm sure he's a great guy. What does clean cut Who's, mean to yeah, you? Who, does he, who says he's clean cut? He looks like, if you with a shirt on, he looks like he was taken directly out of Leave It, the, Leave it to Beaver. Like he's that, the clean cut. Uh, Zach, Gold Center, save me here, huh? No, to be fair, they're very God-fearing tattoos. Oh, I, are I, they? I believe it's a weeping well, Jesus on his eight, chest. Okay, eight. well then, all right, I get it now. Memo, every tattoo of a drafted player is God-fearing and mom-fearing, pretty much. It's all God and mom. Now you're just being, you I've know. seen some. No, I think Craig's, a, uh, Craig's on to something here. What are you? I'm not. I'm <laughs> what else are you getting tattooed something. Have you seen their tattoos? Of course it's all religious. This isn't the Hell's Angels. <laughs> Nobody's getting, like, Satan painted on their bodies no one's, anymore. No this one's is what getting tattoos like, are now. No one's getting, like, funny Robert Earl Keen quotes and going to the NFL. It's all, you know what I'm saying? There's too many generalities in this room right now, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, this is... Shadowy leaf figures are hovering around the door like a coven. <laughs> all right, why don't we move on before we all get fired? Uh, the Denver Broncos. Let's get off the draft for one second. The Denver Broncos are using the number 35 as off-season motivation. Gentlemen, I will throw it to all of you since Kevin Patcher wrote this. Um, why would the number 35 be of interest to the Denver Broncos? I have no idea. Well, that's how many points they lost the Super Bowl by. 
And so apparently well, wait, when, when they're in the weight room and, you know, they're trying to get that one last rep up, you know, someone across the room is yelling 35 to give them a little more motivation, which seems totally bizarre. All it seems peculiar. to me is a reminder of how much they got smacked around in the Super I couldn't Bowl. agree more. You don't <laughs> walk around to someone that's trying to rebuild and get their act together and say, quick, let's get a catchphrase of your lowest moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to get you it, going. No, you got to put that in the rear view. This is deeply, disturbingly mm. stupid to be yelling it out is. 35. I always it's find it hilarious yeah. the measures that football coaches go to to provide motivation. What was the Ray Farmer's little thing from the press conference? He likes acronyms. Yeah, acronyms. They've got these acronyms. You've got these numbers, 35. You have to provide all these false this was from the players. Motivational ploys. Oh well, it's from this. And, would be yeah. like if Wesseling, it's it's nine thirty at night, and he's trying to just get that last post done, and we're just like post office, post office, you know, like <laughs> <just> mailman. <laughs> Referring to Wes's former career. Yeah. By the way, if they lost like twenty to nineteen or something, and somebody was struggling with a rep, and like twenty nineteen, and it's like you needed to get right. just over the hump to be a champion. Okay, but thirty five points is basically reminding you that you're not even close to the best team. Just give up, basically, is what I would take out of it. That's Put why you never down. made it to the NFL. That is the only reason, actually. <laughs> I, I do feel like that's an underplayed storyline going into the season. That the Broncos not only lost the Super Bowl, they were sub Jaguars. They were not. They were the worst team in the NFL in terms of how they got beaten around. If you saw Seattle play a team on a neutral field, you, you wouldn't expect them to do that against Jacksonville or anyone. Or, I expected it, was, it as you. Or recall. this wouldn't happen <laughs> to the true. Broncos again, though, either. Because I think the Super Bowl of all games is one where if you get out of your groove early, and that happened to them, it's a bit yeah. different than ask, a Week 10 game or something. Ask 100 Broncos fans, and 98 will say to you, that game was lost on the first shotgun snap by uh, Mr. Manny Ramirez, former Red Sox slugger, over <laughs> Peyton Manning's head and through the back of the end zone. And that was a type of momentum swing in front of 115 million people watching that they could not recover from. Now, I don't know if that's true at all, but that's how that game's remembered from what, a lot of what I hear from people that follow that team. Didn't you say that? Or someone, maybe it was Damashek, I thought. Nah. Pretty much at that point in the press box said, yeah, this game's over. It's over. He, yeah, he, he did. He thought it was over at 2 nothing. Yeah, I guess it was. Uh, let's move on. Dustin Keller, my old friend with the New York Jets, is visiting the dreaded New England Patriots. Uh, Keller, of course, signed with the Dolphins as a free agent last year and then promptly blew out his knee in fairly grisly fashion during a preseason game. Uh, sat out all of last year after the injury. Um, his agent said recently that the knee was doing very well, and now he's visiting the Patriots. So that's a, a good step forward for Keller. Let's see if anything comes of this. I believe it was Tom Curran of CSN New England who predicted this signing about a month ago when the Patriots were kicking the tires on, on tight ends like Owen Daniels, who ultimately signed elsewhere. But they clearly wanted a guy to team with Gronkowski. Hmm. Interesting note by Greg in, the, in our ATL write-up, and it really speaks to how much Greg uh, thinks of Dustin Keller, which it's good to see. Um, if he could, this is your quote, Greg. If he can recover even seventy-five percent of his former speed, the Patriots could certainly use a player with Ke Keller's skill set. Well, it's telling yeah, that they just need someone. He'd be a great backup if he can be eighty percent of his own self. And I think it's hmm. it's telling when two years in a row he's being courted by defenses that had to face him. Miami hmm. and the Miami and the Patriots inside the division know what what he brings. I think Keller hmm. was very underrated coming out of New York and. 
I mean, this is a cunning move by the Patriots if they if they grab him. That's such a good point. I don't want to follow it up. Yeah. Mm. Left to speechless. The show is over. Let's all just walk Let, out Mark's, on that. Mark won. Wait, let's really just end the show now. <laughs> I'm seriously, I will, I will take, you, I'll take you up on that. West, walk out. Wes does have a doctor's appointment, is it, today? What do you <laughs> I have? do. You have to go somewhere. Uh, all right, let's move on. I want, we're going to get to our, um, our next um, segment, but before we do, I just wanted to bring up something because it's kind of weighing on my mind and I want to touch on it. Uh, it happened today at lunch. Uh, the the ATL boys minus Greg who is working uh, Mark Wes and myself all walk together to the commissary here also known as the huddle um, we all ordered our food as we do Mark got a salad uh, Wes and I both ordered the pad thai I believe it was good uh, Mark had his salad immediately Gold Sander what's up behind the glass I can't believe I just heard the pad thai was good today. It, well, we, no, we're gonna have to iron this one out later. Sorry. Yeah, I it was. It tasted like glue in, in noodles, but that's besides the point. Did you get point. the pork? Nah, chicken. That's where you went wrong. Yeah, there we go. Let's there's, just, there's no way the pad thai was good, and stay I didn't on even see it. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Then. There's no way to stay on target. By so the way. Mark it's got the salad. Mark got the salad. Wes and I got the pad thai. Mark was ready to go almost immediately back to his desk. Uh, Wes and my dish were ready around the same time. Wes and Mark walk out the door. I'm adding a little sriracha to my pad thai. When I head out the door, Mark and Wes, I see them already gone, walking back oh, into the office, well, left me, without me. Wes, take this. Let, uh, me. let me just say something. I'll just say, <laughs> that to me was hurtful. Leave no man behind. What kind of team is this? Let me give you the unvarnished truth about Dan's lunch tendencies. So Mark and I are there. We're ordering. We get things done. We sit around and chat with each other. Meanwhile, Dan is hitting three different stations in the lunchroom, <laughs> taking care of all kind of high-maintenance stuff that I didn't even know existed. All this is are going on. Are you listening to yourself right before now? Before he gets his food. After he gets his food, he hits another station. I'm holding the door open as Mark walks away. So I have to choose between Mark and Dan. And I'm sorry, Dan. I guess I just went with Mark. Well, I... <laughs> This, All I of mean, that it's is actually accurate. getting more hurtful well, the more we talk about it. It just got hurtful uh, for me as well because Wesleyan found a subtle way to try to throw me under a bus right there. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't walking anywhere. Right. We were waiting outside, and he and Wes put the old foot in the door thinking you would come waltzing out. Now, this is I where did. I, I was holding right. the door for you. Right. For, this is for where I agree with of 12 Wes. seconds. Because exactly. you do have a tendency where it seems as though you're about to emerge from the, uh, the huddle, the lunchroom. But you stop. You're picking up condiments. Mm. You're looking at silverware. You've got always a cup ice. of ice with ice in it that you've had to have. You mm-hmm. have to, the, 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 the poor people I don't know how Emily married you. You're so high maintenance. You're but, a little high maintenance. All right. Perhaps I am, but let me now dole out blame for this situation. <laughs> we'll start with Wes. <laughs> Wes, since we both got the same dish, and the only thing I did add was sriracha, we're talking a 15 to 30 second difference. I don't buy that. And I'm disappointed that you wouldn't realize that and just hold that door a little longer. Mark, very disappointed with you because you were the one that led the walkout, essentially. And, and, walk Wes, out. and Wes followed behind you. So you were the leader in this Wes, situation. Oh, well, Wes was in front of me and opened the door for me. And it, Well, this is just how I'm, I'm seeing it right now. I'm like Adam Silver right now, doling out some harsh punishments. And Greg, <laughs> finally, the buck stops with you. The reason Mark felt he couldn't wait and had to head out and then Wes followed behind is because you've created a culture in which we need we need to get back to our desks as soon as possible. I'm, That's how I'm going to dole out blame that I can't believe you wasted five minutes of my life downstairs with it, and now you doubled down and did it upstairs, and our listeners had to listen. I think the listen. 
I think I think the listeners understand why. I just had to get it off my chest. It's it's water under the bridge. I still love you guys, or respect you, but I felt like that needed to be shared. I'd, I'd like to also really quickly offer an apology to the huddle. It's normally delectable today. That was smart. A little subpar. All right. I fi- all right. I'm not sure where to go from here. I know. It, it. I was hoping it would be cathartic, but it, it feels like maybe it backfired a little bit. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. So, gentlemen, a lot of talk, a lot of talk right now about from coaches and players. We spoke about this a little earlier in the podcast. Everyone has to answer these reporters when they ask them about draft strategies. And I think I think we are capable of cutting through it all and seeing who's telling the truth and who's lying. So this is a little segment that we're going to debut. Um, it is called. I wish you weren't a liar. I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? That is a man that's on our payroll, Will Ferrell, from a, a famous SNL sketch uh, where he drives a Dodge Stratus. I and then so yes, the name of this game is. I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> so we'll start with Mike Pettin. Sounds like an intervention with Mark Sessler. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is known for his lovable fibs. We'll start with, we'll start with Mike Pettin, head coach, Cleveland Browns. And here is the quote. When you look at the history of the league, whether it was Tom Brady or whether it was Aaron Rodgers or Carson Palmer, they waited. Pettin explained Tuesday. Even Russell Wilson sat for a little bit, and Colin Kaepernick was a package player his first year. This is, of course, in reference to the number four pick and the Browns using it on a quarterback. He sounds like he doesn't want to put a rookie in immediately. <laughs> I wish you weren't a liar. Greg? Well, when you start having to list all the greats of the game, like Brady and Rodgers and Carson Palmer... <laughs> I think that's where it falls apart. You're already <laughs> lying and stretching that the third best name you could come up with is Carson Palmer. All the legends of the game. Hey, Palmer did it. We got to get it for our guy. And then secondly, he mentioned Wilson. Wilson didn't sit at all. Wilson started from day one. Oh, yeah. It couldn't have been more wrong. Well, no, he's wrong. He sat for a little bit. It was like two preseason games. <laughs> that doesn't count. Um, anybody else have to add? We- so you're calling him a liar. He's a liar. I think the it's, whole thing's yeah. a lie. I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> you know what? And you can't have that attitude when when Brian Hoyer is your QB one. I mean, he's right. If you want to win now, it's better to have a veteran quarterback. They don't have that. They've mm. got a guy coming off of ACL surgery. He mentions Brady and Palmer. He doesn't mention their ACL struggles. Mm. I think if you're Mike Pettin, you've probably fallen in love with one of the guy like Khalil Mack at this point. You would rather go there than risk it on overdrafting a quarterback who shouldn't go at number four. So you're saying he's not a liar. You're, you're saying he's shooting straight here. I think that, I think that the team is probably going to go quarterback at number four or number 26, wherever it is. But I think that he would not want to do that, no. Does he want to do that? No. He wants to, after sitting through what he did with Mark Sanchez in New York, he mm. doesn't want to put a rookie at the helm week one. That's and not go to a the good AFC thing. championship game like the Jets did as a rookie. With I Mark think Sanchez. you know what I'm saying, that Sanchez more than once put his defense, an outrageously amazing defensive effort, completely sideswiped by Sanchez. Well, maybe he doesn't want the quarterback, but Ray Farmer does. I think it's not that it's a conflict, but I'm sure that you know, they're different. So you're saying interests. this is a subtle message to his general manager? I wish you weren't a liar. I don't think it's news to Farmer <laughs> if it is. I'm sure they discussed. All right, let's move on. Uh, Carolina Panthers general manager 
Dave Gettleman on the Panthers' draft strategy. I actually, I would love to throw it to Greg if Greg actually, who hails from New England, had a New England accent, but you don't have even a trace of one. So I'll just have to do the best I can. You guys can look at me like I'm crazy, but if there's a blue goose pass rusher or a blue goose defensive tackle sitting there, I'm not going to be afraid. And then someone asked Gettleman what a blue goose was. He smiled and said, a guy that can help right now. Unless you weren't a liar. Look, you're going to have to take that. You're going to take that. Pretty good accent, right? I I wish you wouldn't use that accent. (laughs) You're going to have to take that dropout, gold standard. Gettleman is incapable of telling a lie. Mm. This guy's the straightest shooter of any GM I've ever seen. He'll look you in the eye and tell you, look, guys, this is what I'm de- dealing with. This is what we're going to do. And he's straight up wait, every single time. Wait, so if they, if they're, what are they picking again? They're 28 or 29, something yep. like that? Mark? 28. Thank you, Mark, referring nice job, to his paperwork. Uh, if they have glaring needs on their offensive line, left tackle especially. They obviously have the worst wide receivers in the league, potentially. You're telling me if a what he turns to be a blue goose. Yeah, that just went southern. Not to be confused with it, a, it was always a little southern. It was yeah, confusing. Yeah. Not to be confused with a hog molly. Yeah, his term, what was that, last year? Yeah, last year for, for Star Latule and K1 Short. So if a blue goose hog molly defensive lineman comes up, he's going to ignore those. I know you say draft the best player on the board, but these are huge holes. Well, like you team. say that with your hands shaking like it's a ridiculous concept, but when people look back at the Carolina Panthers draft from three years ago, we don't remember what their draft needs were. We look at the list and say, this player worked out. This one didn't. This one did. He's going to go draft people that can play right now versus someone that doesn't deserve to be picked at number 28. Mm. I think he's telling the truth. There's like four offensive tackles that are considered better than the rest, and they're expected to be gone before the Panthers pick. There are 15 or 20 wide receivers who are good. So if he doesn't get one in the first round, he can get one in the second or third round. So I can see why he would go best player available. Plus, you got to plan for the future. Charles Johnson, Greg Hardy, they're not going to both be around a couple years from now, so you draft a defensive end, one there to replace him. And would a guy that went to the fine university or college, Springfield College, Western <laughs> Massachusetts, represent? So maybe they could earmark that seventh-round pick on uh, their left tackle, their blindside protector for Cam Newton? That's what we're saying. You're being yes. drastic. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, at a certain point, you have to draft for position and if you're in a really tough spot. But I understand your point of it. <laughs> I wish you weren't a liar. All right, moving on. Stephen Jones, the executive vice president of the Dallas Cowboys and the son of Jerry Jones. A little family tree knowledge for you guys. <laughs> on the prospect. Little known fact. Yes, we just <laughs> 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 dropped some nugget on just to fill you guys in if you didn't connect the dots on that one. Uh, they're, obviously, everyone's asking about the Cowboys and whether they will make a play for Johnny Football. Stephen Jones on the radio, on local Dallas radio, said, There's not anything I can say about it. We haven't quite gotten into sorting out the quarterbacks yet. That will come in terms of finalizing our board. I wish you weren't a liar. Now, we, uh, their quarterback board isn't set yet. They haven't started setting it up. The draft is in eight days, or this was yesterday, so nine days. They have to have a plan for Manziel, whether it's no plan at all or they're going to make a play, right? Come on. He hasn't finalized. The, they don't know. They haven't gotten into sorting out quarterbacks yet. That's what I mean. Like, I, think, I wish he wasn't ridiculous. a liar. 
Considering Dallas's up and down and rather shaky uh, history in terms of drafting players, I don't think you want to advertise that you haven't even, hey, guys, <laughs> let's turn to the part of our binder that says quarterback now. You know what they haven't, you know what they haven't done yet? Leaked their board to the media. Not yet. Like they did last year. <laughs> right. I love it when GMs say that this week at these pre-draft press conferences. There's a lot of this going around. Stephen Jones isn't the only one. where the, Well, we haven't gotten to that yet. I mean, we haven't really uh, discussed Johnny Manziel at length yet. <laughs> you, know, you know, we've we've just been hanging out. Like, what have you been doing the last four months? That, that's like in uh, to to quote the great Oscar-nominated picture potentially in the future draft day. A major <laughs> plot point is after Sonny Weaver Jr. played expertly by Kevin Costner comes into the war room on the day of the draft and tells all the assistants, mm. "Hey, we have the number one pick." They're like, start doing research on all the top the top end draft choices. Like, what have these guys been doing the entire? This is basically what the Cowboys are in real well, life. They were in other movies. They, <laughs> they're actors. Oh, wait. You know, we. <laughs> wait, Sorry, I, th- I, th- I thought Mark was going to go on a, no. a spree oh. of praise. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> you know, good, we a good thought. We like wrote that. Dan for months and months and derided Dan for a midseason tweet in which he announced that Seattle had already mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl. Mm. Just treated like a fool. No, well, a blowout. A which, blowout. Yeah. I think he might be on to something with Manziel to Dallas. Oh, oh. This would be a sweet victory. I, I honestly thought you were going to say that he was on to something with draft day winning an Academy Award. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Listen to what Stephen Jones really says. That would really be a says. prediction. That would be. He says, one of the greatest college football players that I've watched in terms of exciting and being a great competitor. Do you know who the other two were? Vince Young and Tim Tebow. <laughs> Dallas did not take really? those guys. I think listen, I yeah. think Dallas might do something <laughs> strange here. You never know. All right, finally. I wish you weren't a liar. Yes. Finally, uh, Bruce Arians, Cardinals coach. We were mocking uh, the general abilities of Carson Palmer earlier. Here's Arians um, <laughs> talking about Palmer's abilities, and you know, this is put this in the context of what the Cardinals could do in the draft. Um, Asked if this guy could play uh, for several more years. Arian said, there's no doubt. He's got plenty of juice left in the tank, and he's in great condition. And he's always been in great condition. So I would think he could play up to 36 or 37. I wish you weren't a liar. This mm. is, by the way, this is from a few weeks back, but that had to be resurfaced for the situation. Speechless crowd here. What great condition. He mentioned it twice. <laughs> My uncle Tom is 60 years old. He's in great condition. He can run 14 miles. I wouldn't have him suit up to be NFL quarterback. I, I actually don't <laughs> think Arians is lying. Uncle Tom does have a great body. <laughs> I actually think Arians is the rare breed that even if he is lying, he totally believes what he's saying. And that's part of what makes him a good coach. He's selling it. He, so, he convinces himself that Carson Palmer is this great? Because that's the only way you're operating in the world. Does that make sense? There so are liars he's going like that. Full George Costanza. It's not a lie if you believe it. Right. Exactly. And maybe, <laughs> maybe the general manager uh, of the Cardinals doesn't agree, but I think Bruce Arians. Well, is he, telling the and truth. the reason he said that was he completely laughed off the notion that Arizona would draft a quarterback when they have this elegant Carson Palmer under center. <laughs> and the ageless wonder yeah, of Carson Palmer. I great think condition. that part has changed, though. And our Daniel Jeremiah, who you know comes up with his mock draft by actually talking to teams and talking to scouts and GMs, 
had Derek Carr to go into him at number hmm. 20. I, I, I think that maybe, listen, that was back in February. The thinking could have changed on bringing someone in. I, well, this goes to who's making decisions. I don't think Bruce Arians has much. Of course he has a say, and especially at quarterback, but I don't think he has much of a say compared to Steve Kime. That's a general manager who's making the decisions. It's not up to Bruce Arians. Those guys always want the veterans. Steve Kime wears Chuck Taylors, too. I like Steve Kime. Is that mm. the coolest coach-GM combo? Sounds like the an, Kangol and the Chuck well, Taylors. Well, Carol and Schneider, pretty cool. Yeah. Nah. I would say that Carol is very uh, good-natured and char- charismatic, but I don't know how cool he is. Well, he's cool. He, he's I in think his pretty, 60s. If you, were, if you at his age, I mean, That's he seems cool 20 he's years younger He's kind of a cool dad, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we saw him at the at the league meeting party. He seemed, yeah, he just seemed like he was a cool cool guy. Schneider walks around with a giant backpack, looks like a guy that wandered out of like a poetry reading. <laughs> That's <laughs> that, cool. That's Mark picture, Mark's picture of cool. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's sort of laid back. I like the guy. Dimitrov looks like a hepcat. <laughs> He's a Hep vegan cat. that lived in Boulder for like 20 years, what? yeah. Hep? Like hepatitis? Hep cat. <laughs> a hep cat. That's a term <laughs> from a term like from three like decades the, ago. Yeah, no, from like from the, the 40s. 40s. <laughs> from the 40s. <laughs> it's like a, pre- bo- it's like a bohemian era <laughs> yeah, term for... How old he was? Have you ever say. heard Elton Johnson? <laughs> yes. He talks about... The, he has the, the word hep cat in one of his most famous songs. I, I'm surprised I, you've I, never I heard that term. I think hep like hepatitis needs to be uh, a new drop. The <laughs> word has usually been the least politically correct podcast <laughs> we've done in some time. So the word hip comes from hepcat. So just to confirm, Thomas Dmitrov does not have hepatitis C. <laughs> no, he's a hepcat. Oh, okay. Gentlemen, that's it. That's it for uh, our little game there. i got to get out of here. I wish you weren't a liar. I don't really. Wait, you know, did we ever come to a decision? Who wasn't? Was anyone? I don't think Arians was intentionally lying. lying. I don't think he's. Intentionally I don't think Gettleman's lying. lying. I don't I, think he's capable of telling. Gettleman, a lie. I think the majority says he was not lying. Maybe we're snowed. And I don't think Arians is lying, but I guess I'm in the minority. No, I'm with you. Look, Gettleman's trying to recap the important game because people are clearly <laughs> keeping track of the results. Yeah, and here's the good thing is we're going to find out. We'll find out. The draft will tell us a lot Gettleman of things. Gettleman had gentlemen. an opportunity to lie with the whole Steve Smith situation. He didn't even attempt to like mm. cover that up or make the organization look good. He just played mm. it straight. All right. Uh, before we go, Wes, I know you have uh, matters to take care of. You got to get out of here. Um, I just want to run one, run one thing by you, Wes. On Friday's show, we talked about you know a reader chimed in with the idea for softball pants. Would you potentially eat your softball pants? You're so confident that RG3 will be comeback player of the year. Would you eat your softball pants if that didn't happen? And you said you you were leaning towards no, but we gave you the weekend. And what was your decision? I cannot take that bet. Uh, the The primary reason being that, that there are too many injuries in football and RG3 could go down at any point. All right. Now, would you mind if I added a twist to that and I'll, I'll run it by you again? Okay. Would you eat your softball pants? If RG3 didn't win Comeback Player of the Year and started at least 13 games in 2014. No. No. About 16 games. He's going to need to start all 16. And All right, wait. I'll pull back. Starts all 16 games. I would have to think about that oh, one again. Up. Because for, of this reason, which I neglected, there's a Gronk factor involved. Mm. Never forget the Gronk factor. The, it's fair. Who I think had the best... Three-year start to a career in the history of all NFL tight ends. There's also a Brian Hoyer factor. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to come up. So, all right, so now you're 
I'm waffling. Okay. I, I thought maybe I'd get you on that. See, I think people... Really in. People are under the impression that I just throw the softball pants bet around willy-nilly, and that's not the case. No. No, you treat it with respect, and you, you should, because otherwise you'll be easily eating nylon and metal and other composite The parts. last year's thing with the Oakland Raiders was the second time in history that I have thrown the softball pants out there. Really? The other one was about five years ago. I forget what it was, but I remember that I did not have to eat my softball did pants. The, let me guess. The reason you don't remember is because it originated in Huckapoos. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite but I think it involved fantasy football somehow. It happened on Twitter, like at the beginning of Twitter. Mm. All right, great. Thank you, thank you, Wes, and thank you for uh, at least giving some thought to the possibility. Uh, we'll be back on Friday, our last show together before Mark and I head to New York for the draft. We will bring back one of the more popular games for the Around the League podcast. That is, go get my lunch draft edition. Mm. That last get, part was supposed to be implied. Thank you, Wes. <laughs> and what are you talking about? The draft edition part. <laughs> no, the the B. Oh, oh, okay. Well, we're gonna bring that game back and just I'll throw it out there. Just, we're gonna do the game, but in the future we need to settle up all sandwich bets before the next time we play. We'll waive it this time for the draft. But Mark, I'm kind of looking at you. You're still in the hole a little bit in terms of doling out owed sandwiches. Whatever. Listen, whenever you want one of these contraptions, come let me know and I'll get you. I'll buy it for you. Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Yeah. You, you you have permission to leave. The NFL facilities for hours or whatever it's going to take to get it done. I'll take right. you up on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Friday we'll be we're going to bring back that game. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to throw some things out there. Do some news. It'll be a fun. Everybody will have a great time. Until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, the gold standard behind the glass. Till Friday. Hello, America, and other countries. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm late. I'm late. Very important. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.